Hey guys, it's the Zigman and Zach Takis, and when you finish it up to listen to this great podcast, make sure you head on over and check out Shotgun Wrestling Radio. That's right, we're new to the EMT Podcast Network. Over at Shotgun Wrestling Radio, we give you the latest news in professional wrestling. That's right, we cover WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and more. Want to know what's going on in the events in the Iowa Independence We cover that too with our pro wrestling calendar. That's right, Zigman. Not only do we cover that, but we also have a wide variety of interviews with pro wrestlers, both past and present. All our interviews can be found on our Facebook page, facebook.com shotgun radio and the number one we hope you'll take the time to give us a listen and remember to give us a like and follow on twitter and facebook at shotgun radio and the number one you're listening to the electronic media collective podcast network yeah it's a mouthful for more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy visit electronicmediacollective.com and now our feature presentation Hello everyone and welcome. Thank you so much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can check out other episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and a quick warning to everybody listening to Movie Guys Podcast. Each show is spoiler-filled and also each episode is for mature audiences only. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. And tonight we're talking about Joker, the film that I've been personally waiting for all year to see. I am Jordan, and I'm joined here, like always, with Eric and Ed. Eric, put on a happy face, I hope. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Well, it's hard to put on a happy face for this type of movie, but I, I really am happy. Like, I, I'm, I'm just glad we're talking about this movie. Like, I think there's a lot to, to go over. Um, especially for this because it's it is a unsuperhero movie. I guess is that, is that a I don't know is a better way to put that, Ryan. Um, yeah, I guess I guess it's an I mean antihero though. I don't know if he really qualifies because he's not really heroic. Well, yeah, I, I would in, like in to the, say antihero in the traditional sense, off, but it's not like it's not any hero. Like it's very. Go ahead. You know, you know what I mean. Like it's 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 different. It's yeah. Well, yeah. One of the things I was going to talk about, like. And we'll get into it. Is like how this is uh, just from a fundamental level vastly different than any other superhero temple we've ever seen. Well, this is a movie that I've been waiting for all year. Um, as soon as I saw Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker makeup, I knew that this was going to be something special. I mean, when that little teaser trailer came out a year ago, I knew that this movie was going to be great because Joaquin Phoenix doesn't always pick shit kind of movies to do. I mean, the guy was in Walk the Line, for God's sakes, and he was Johnny Cash. Am I right? Yeah, well, you're going to say that, but listen, like, just last year, I saw this guy in a movie called, uh, what, You Were Never Really There? I think is what the movie was called. Uh, When I tell you that in that movie, this dude was, was a, like, a beast, dude. He was a hulking beast. You know what I mean? Like, solid. He, he, you know, like, he... Doesn't, he was like a biker, don't fuck with me. And then I see this movie, and he's he's skinnier than anything. Like, he, he did some, some machinist 
type shit. He did. He did. He lost 55 pounds to prepare for this role. Do you have that on record? You say, is it documented that he lost 55 for that? Yeah, he said that on the Jimmy Fallon show before Jimmy Fallon fucking trolled him. Jesus, that's so much. Man. If you guys are ever interested in seeing what a bully looks like, check out Joaquin Phoenix joke interview with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon completely trolled him on that, and that was not staged. I don't know. Like, when, you say, when people say bully, I, I still say that Ellen DeGeneres is the biggest bully. Like, she, she pushes nice. people. I, I mean, for the greater good, I get that, but she's a fucking bully. All right, so tonight we're talking about Joker here, guys. Like I said, a film that I've been personally waiting for for a long time. Um, I don't know where to begin with this movie. Uh, I, I actually took my dad to see this opening night. Uh, theater was packed in my small little town, and I, nobody a good was question. into it. Here's a good question for you, actually, because this movie was sold out pretty much for the entire weekend that I had tried to look into it, too. But just as you as you were speechless in this, yeah, uh, let's start from there. How would you describe this movie to anyone who just is like, hey, you saw that? Let's just like, you know, water cooler talk. Someone says, oh, you saw it? Oh, yeah, I guess what I saw this week. I saw the Joker. Oh, how would you think? Like, just Ryan, flat out. Uh, it's, it's not what you would expect. Like, if you think there's any relations to any established canon of Batman or superheroes that you are aware of, you are wrong. The This is not... Like, this is an $80 million movie. They spent a good chunk of change on it, but it is, like, the... And I, I, it might sound derogatory or, like, I'm being mean, but it is a very expensive kind of independent film because it doesn't really feel like a studio movie at all. Sure. Um, but like, if you go in expecting something, uh, just know that you're wrong. Well, that that's the thing is that because like a lot of people at work know that I you know do movie guys podcast, and it's hard to talk about this movie without talking spoilers because I mean like this movie is just one gigantic spoiler. I mean like you can't sit here and say, well, he has a girlfriend, but maybe he doesn't, and. You know, hey, he goes on Robert De Niro's show, and clearly there's a reason. It's just so hard to actually pinpoint this. But I guess we'll start the show off by saying that this movie takes place in 1981. And Joker is, well, Arthur Fleck, and he is a clown for hire at a company called Haha. Like, that's ridiculous. The opening shot of the movie is one of my favorite shots in the trailers. It's when he's putting on the makeup and he's making the smiley face and he cries. Eric Ryan, is this a good opening to get you hooked into the movie of him putting on the makeup and him putting the smiley face on himself and crying with his hands? What do you guys think? Eric, what do you say about this opening shot? Well, no, I'd say for like the first maybe 15 minutes, I'm still questioning what the hell this guy is doing. You know, like what his... his whole whole idea is in fact the first half of the movie i feel is just set up that's not a bad thing whatsoever like the way that this is and for you to uh to i i feel like a lot of this the broader part of the story is inevitable kind of like a like a titanic part thing where like listen you know kind of how it starts you can kind of guess how it ends you know type of thing this movie is a journey and that's that's flat out what this is is that you're experiencing kind of a a a man's descent into a transformation right that's that's exactly what you're watching from start to finish and i i mean it took me a day to probably mull a lot of everything over it was it was an awesome journey fantastic journey um 
for them to start out that way, I think was fantastic because you got to set a tone, and there's nothing funny or happy about this guy's life. Ryan, what you say about this opening? Well, I mean, I think Eric pretty much said uh, everything. Uh, I mean, the opening is really just like a mood. Like the first act is really just a mood piece where it goes from like setup to setup to setup. There's not really much in the way of story happening other than we're getting a, uh, like a clear picture of who Arthur is and, and the world he lives in. Um, and you get that from the opening with the sad clown crying, uh, like the, the dirty work he does or the dirty place he works in where he gets, where he's getting dressed. Um, and then he gets attacked on the street by the thugs uh, in, in Gotham. Young kids too, by the way, starts young. It's a vicious circle. Okay, um, so now controversial but, thought here on this one. Is 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 this movie starting out too dark, too bleak because you got to you got to be charmed by the character. You got to get invested into it. And is this movie starting out before the gun scene later on in the subway? Does this movie start out with a oh my god, like like I don't want to keep on watching this. Like does this movie not give you anything else but total depression? Eric, what do you think? I think that's that's kind of the object of it. This is where the beauty of this is. And I think this is really where I'm hoping that we get a new age of, of comic book, actually, out of, out of this. Because I always thought, and I've told you guys many times, that I felt that Marvel was the cartoon superhero, whereas DC represented a real hero. These are heroes that are tormented. These are hero, heroes who don't ask to be heroes. Batman, Superman, it just like Green Lantern. These are these are great examples of people who are like. Listen, I didn't ask for any of this. This just kind of happened, and this is just kind of like needed to be type of thing. I like these these tortured heroes. This is even more so. I, I this is you were delving on it before, Jordan, about how. Because DC fucked up so bad, they're able to just be just throw a hail mary and get something like this, and I, I think it worked out because this is, I don't know, it's it's real. Like this is what they do best, and it's that gritty part of it too, where I, it, it was just such a different movie that it worked. Well, see, that's the thing is like I was checking this out. I don't know if you guys have read this or not, but this movie allegedly, according to rumor, that this movie's going to kick off a new version of DC movies called DC Dark. Good. They, they need to. Because after, um, before this movie, DC came out with a cartoon movie, their R-rated one, called The Killing Joke. And that was pretty dark. That was a very dark movie, actually, because you had the origin story of Joker in that one, and you had a lot of dark tones in there. I'm not going to say what happens, but it gets... It gets pretty dark in that movie. And um, I feel like that was a very successful movie. At least it was well received. And then you have something like this, which has already beaten Shattered box offices for... Or at least, not, I shouldn't say Shattered, but it definitely made a huge dent. Okay, so, so, so Ryan, I have a question for you then, before we get into more of the nuts and bolts of this movie. Uh, theory on this one. Is it because, Ryan, in your opinion, that... Logan and Deadpool and Deadpool 2 came out and DC sucked that we get this movie. Is it because of those three rated R superhero movies we get this? 
I mean, it's it, it's a pretty sound theory. Um, I think that the failure of the DCEU, especially Justice League, uh, barely making $200 million when that was supposed to be their Avengers movie, um, probably really scared them and they decided that if this you know this isn't going to work out uh, what we thought it was going to so we need to branch out and, and make these like diversify because they try to imitate marvel but they're not actually marvel so like, it's one of those things where you want to try your your best to emulate and not copy but then nobody actually cares because they don't care for the copy they like the original better um i do think the success of deadpool um as an r-rated um, comic book movie really was like would would be the thing that locked it in to like yeah we can give this R R rated movie a shot and then Logan obviously would be the one that said that's like yeah no this is gonna work because I mean if you want to compare tonally it's you know Joker is more Logan than it is Deadpool of course is like this is not a comedy even though the main character says it's a comedy I'd say it's um, darker and. I, I dare say that I enjoyed this one more than I did Logan. No, yeah, I mean I'm 100 on your on your team on that one. So, um, so the movie progresses here, and we just see that uh, Arthur Fleck is living with his mom. His mom is sick. She has a disease. I I, I don't know. I actually saw this movie twice in theaters. I still didn't get it my second viewing. Uh, Eric, real quick before we continue, is it does she have something or does he just live at home with his mom? So I I I like this because it you're made to believe that um, at first that like you do a lot of turns in this movie. This is what's great. What I think was actually a pretty great character or direction choice actually, because at first you feel like the mom is normal, and then she's just you know on bad luck basically, and then you find out that she's kind of maybe has an issue uh whether it be health related um or mentally related um then you go down that corner and then you find out that uh, oh no i actually have a secret that i'm actually you know thomas wayne's mistress and that uh you're actually the son of and then that's a big twist and then you find out oh no she's just crazy and she's making all of it up and then that's a big twist and then i want to allude to there was a photograph that was signed by t wayne they had a shot, at a, a slight shot. So I don't know if, if maybe she was crazy to begin with or that it was just one of those where it actually did happen, but because powers that be, the one percenters, had the power to make it just go away, they made it seem like, oh, yeah, she's just crazy. Get her out of here type of thing. Which I call bullshit, by the way, because that was a spoiler that was released six months ago. Some website, I don't know what it was, because uh, I was reading everything I could about Joker, said that, Plot twist, Joker is actually Thomas's Wayne's son. I was like, okay, that's kind of stupid, but I'll go with it. So when they actually, at this point in time, when I'm watching the movie, and it's like, hey, guess what? Thomas Wayne's actually your dad? I'm like, bullshit. Bullshit. I, I mean, I'm, Ryan, did you call bullshit on that? Were you disappointed in that at all? Not really, no. I mean, I think that in the context of, like, at that point in the movie, what we're dealing with in the the uh, devolving mental state of Arthur, I think it works pretty well um, because when he when he finally does talk to Thomas Wayne in the bathroom, um, which I thought was which I think is one of the better scenes. Um, Thomas says that you know your mom's uh, a, he essentially says your mom's a psycho, um, right? And and Ar Arthur's just like I, I 
I don't know why you people are being so mean to me and you're being so rude. I just want to have a conversation with you. Um, well, and then he gets punched in the face for it. I think that's a really, I think it's a really great scene. And I think it, at the, at the end of it, um, it ultimately, it's neither, I don't think it's either great nor is it bad. Um, but I feel like it's just like a something they needed, they felt they needed to check off in the talk about the Joker very end. To, yeah, the very, very end. Okay, we'll talk about that um, later because I want to actually bring up your point about when Arthur confronts Thomas Wayne in the bathroom. I actually found this interesting, and I discovered it more in the second viewing of this, is that they portrayed the the Waynes as dicks, like just straight assholes. And well, I don't know if you caught on to some of it. Um, there's a lot of the a lot of the political um, things that are going on because Thomas is running mm-hmm. for mayor. Thomas Wayne, he's running for mayor, um, but a lot of the political atmosphere in the movie. Uh, is kind of called from what we are going through nowadays. There's a, uh, some of the slogans, uh, yeah. some of the things that Thomas Wayne says, Donald Trump said in 2016 and has said pre- uh, recently, and you have the whole thing about, the whole backdrop of it is the um, Arthur slowly like sli- sliding into being a mass murderer and this you know, the clown prince of crime as he's going to become in the future, I'd imagine, um, all starts because the powers that be decide to cut the funding to his social work. Yeah, but is that the issue, though? Because one of the things that I realized, though, was when I watched the second time, they portrayed the Waynes as dicks. I mean, hell, even Alfred... Uh, when uh, when Arthur Fleck goes to the Wayne Manor and he's and he's doing that weird shit with Bruce, and then this then the guy comes in that's which I'm assuming is Alfred, uh, and says what the fuck you doing here kind of thing. Um, they portray him as dicks, but I notice once Thomas Wayne gives Arthur Fleck the truth, saying no, we're not the dicks, you're a fucking dick, or you people are the dicks because your mom is psycho crazy. I fired her because she was crazy, and she's writing me letters, and, like, she's weirding me out, and she adopted you. You see what I'm trying to say that? Like, what I like about this is that the movie is playing both sides. You think it's one way until you hear the other side's version, and I like that. Because I understand what Thomas Wayne is saying, because think about that. You know, I can understand that, you know, being Thomas Wayne. You know, I have an employee, the employee goes crazy and said, and believes that I'm the baby's father when the baby was adopted and she's stalking the shit out of me. Like, the, like the I get his is, anger. The idea is is to leave it open for viewer interpretation because the broader part of it is that it's it's a battle between the rich versus the poor. And that's essentially when Gotham is at its lowest, that's when Batman takes over or, or becomes the Dark Knight protecting it because there's such crime in Gotham City because of the divide that is caused by people uh, like that. Like, uh, you know, this divide. Or, or who was, uh, oh, dude, goodness. In the, in the Dark Knight, the big the big kingpin that was working with Scarecrow. Um, oh, you mean, uh, oh, you mean. Falcone. Uh, uh, yeah. No, uh, Falcone, or are you talking about Ra's al Ghul? No, Valcone was the the big one in the, in the Dark Knight, I believe. In, in Batman Begins. Yeah, Batman Begins. But yeah, where the underworld takes over a part of Gotham. So basically, we're seeing the origin of not just Joker, but the origin of the Gotham as we know it. Valid. Okay. So, fan theory. I'm watching this movie. I don't know anything really what's going on. I try to be as spoiler-filled as I could. 
and we introduce to his next-door neighbor who has a child. She lives by herself, and they have a moment in the uh, elevator, and the moment is straight theft from Taxi Driver. Can you both agree with me when she puts the gun to her head? Oh, I do. There was a lot of moments that were taken from a lot of, like, I would say moments that were taken from Taxi Driver, moments maybe from Death Wish in this movie. Um, Oh, Death Wish, good. You know what I mean? Like a lot of highlights, or even at the end part with uh, when the the talk show uh, part happened. You know what I yeah. really? You know what I got the tone of? Do you? This may be a very obscure, but I think was it like the '60s or the '70s? There were that politician from was it Pennsylvania or Ohio, Bud Dwyer or something, who, who shot himself oh, Bo, yeah, live on TV. Bud Dyer in Pennsylvania. That I yeah. I I got that tone from from the end scene in this movie. Uh fun fact. You know the band Filter. They have a song called "Hey Man, Nice Shot." Yeah, that's about that guy. Well, it... there was this one lady, um, Christine. I think Christine Lubick, down in Florida. She was a an anchor on a like a morning news program, and she committed suicide live on the air. They made a movie about it a couple years ago. How'd she do it? Kill herself? Um, uh, 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 shoot herself? She shot herself. Yeah, shot herself behind the ear. Nice. Like behind the ear, pointing towards the front. Nice. Okay, so here's my fan theory. So I'm watching this movie, and he sees this woman. They have a moment, taxi driver moment. The next scene, he wears a hood, and he's following her. And he's wearing a yellow raincoat, so it kind of brought me back to the village, I thought, because he was in the movie. And the next scene, she knocks on his door, and she's like, hey, have you been following me? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, cool and they like start dating so i'm thinking to myself crazy because we know what's going to happen but at that moment in time when they start dating throughout the scenes of the movie i'm like is she gonna be harley do you guys think i'm crazy on that one eric do you think i'm crazy that that thinking that she could be harley that's fair that's who she was gonna be no i mean like that's listen when that was happening because what we've seen of him and through their interactions like why would anyone be even attracted to this guy so yeah right. I, I would say that any of your guesses would have been just as valid as the next ryan do you think that fan theory was crazy regardless of what we know what happens when they first start dating could she have been harley quinn what could could they have done that uh i don't know i don't think so i don't think it would have i don't know i feel like it would have been too much Especially, I mean, even if they like saved it for the sequel or Joker two or whatever, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that would have worked out too well. Um, just because Harley Quinn is kind of entrenched into that origin story where she was his doctor and he made her go insane, and it's changed her to a struggling single mother who falls in love with a madman. I don't know. Doesn't have the same sort of pizzazz. Yeah, doesn't have the showmanship. So the second act of the movie is. Uh, Arthur Fleck is getting so uh, irritated about being bullied and stuff that one of the other guys, uh, one of the other clowns says, here you go, man, here's a gun. Arthur kind of like says, nah, I don't want the gun. But he takes it, and stupid Arthur you know, puts it in his fucking jeans or pants or whatever when he's in a children's hospital, gets fired, goes home, and he starts laughing. So we didn't talk about this. This is actually really cool. I, I actually like this little tidbit they put into it. The reason why Arthur Fleck, or a.k.a. Joker, laughs all the time in weird moments is because he has a disease. No, it's a condition. It's a condition. condition. He has a condition. 
Ryan, what do you think of the uncontrollable laugh condition before I talk to Eric about this? What do you think about that uncontrollable laugh? Do you think that's cool? Yeah, I think it's a, I don't know, a cool. I think it's a logical way to have that occur in the world that they have established for this character. Okay, Eric, what do you say? It, it is the, his humanizing quality about him because um, you you then come to realize that with this condition, it's how he reacts to very sad or awkward uh, situations. And so it's almost like um, every time that it, it's awkward or he's pained or he's trying to cry, he has to do this awkward laugh. Joaquin Phoenix did a fantastic job because he has this condition where he, he laughs when he's crying, but he doesn't want to laugh. And so you literally hear this man doing a Joker laugh, but choke on his own laugh. And that's thought, a very good point. It was he knocked it out of the park. Honestly, he did. It was very impressive the way he did it, because it almost got to the point where actually I'd say that where I felt bad for this guy every time that he would do this, because it's that's you realize that he's got to be what like fifty something, right? I mean, that's his entire life. I don't. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. I, I just, I just, I was really into why you know he's laughing the way he is, and 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 that's why I said the word cool because it's like, oh, that's cool. They're adding a new spin to the character that I haven't seen before. So he's riding the train. He's down and out in his luck, and these three Wayne Enterprise guys, yuppies, American Psycho kind of style yuppies, start bullying him, and he shoots and kills all three of them, and he runs away. He goes into a bath, uh, bathroom, a public bathroom, and this is where I feel in the movie, Eric, what do you say, where he really starts to transform into Joker. Oh, he well, does that waltz in there's, the bathroom. There's many scenes where I, I feel that, where you see him slowly becoming more and more of the Joker. I that scene was maybe a big push into it, but I think the final scene was probably in the subway at the end when he's running from the cops because he's in the chaos and he sees how he played into the chaos and used it. That that I think was a big part where he's learning by action, you know, every time. But that that first subway scene with those the one percenters that were in the subway with them. Yeah. Um credit to the sound editing on that one because the way that gun went off it, it seemed like everything was real you know what i mean like, like okay it was getting to be like this little rough house and all of a sudden like that happened and it it like everyone seemed just kind of shocked like they had to take a moment to register what just happened and then exactly yeah, it just played right. out it seemed like that actually happened the way that everything happened i just I, I'm just so happy how non-superhero of a movie this was. I actually like that saying, "non of a superhero." Uh, Ryan, what did you feel about about this scene? Uh, I guess same question as Eric. You know, just I mean, do you feel that him shooting the three guys and then running into the public bathroom and doing the waltz—I'm just gonna say, call it the waltz. Uh, starts to give the birth of what's going to become the Joker. I'm like, was this good second act starting point? So I, I don't want to make it sound like I, I disliked the first part of the movie. Um, but once we get to this scene, that's kind of where I, I really like woke up and, and started really getting into the movie. Cause I, it, it, it's kind of hit or miss for me at the beginning. Um, but like this, from this moment, um, 
almost to the end. I think it's a really, really good movie, really great movie. Um, I, I like that this, um, the setup of the, it's again, it's again, again, it's furthering establishing the, the world he lives in where it's the rich people picking on the, the poor people. Um, and it's finally his first moment where he is actually striking something that can strike back. Because uh, before this, he beats up uh, some trash outside uh, in an alleyway. Um, and he knocks off the um, the time card punch in his after he gets fired from his job. It's like this is the first moment where he lashes out, and and uh, he's actually letting his anger go instead of keeping it in because he's been told that you know that's that's how he's able to live in society is he has to keep it in in its inside himself, um, so no one can really see the real Arthur Fleck. Um, but when he finally lets it out, and uh, 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 there's a, uh, and then he revels in it because he chases the one guy down and shoots him on the stairs. And then he goes to the bathroom and he revels in it and he like you know has his grand spring awakening. Um, I also love the line later in the movie when he goes to the mental health hospital to get his mother's records, and he tells the the clerk he goes you know I killed three guys a couple weeks ago and I thought I was gonna feel really bad about it but I I don't <laughs> I thought it would really bother me but it doesn't. And, and see, that's where I would argue that that was the metamorphosis of of the Joker when he when he killed those three guys. While all this is going on, uh, Arthur Fleck has uh, has an idol, Murray, played by Robert De Niro. He's pretty much the host of the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Yeah, I mean, like we'd all agree with that. It's pretty much Tonight Show Johnny Carson, and uh, Arthur Fleck gets uh, confidence from his girlfriend that he's going to do stand up. And from what we see, it looks to be very successful. But when uh, his mom is sick in the hospital because she had a stroke, um, they make fun of him. And I guess the video goes viral in 1981. And eventually, uh, the Murray show uh, calls Arthur Fleck to be on the show to be interviewed. So Murray's his idol in this point. Um, this his, is the movie gets interesting. Figure. It is his father figure exactly. So this the movie gets interesting where um, where he hear uh, where he his mother says that hey guess what um, I've been writing these letters to Thomas Wayne every day he comes home from uh, from work hey where's my letters she's not getting any letters he finally opens up one and it's uh, his mom saying hey you know you're the father of my child what the fuck everything that we talked about ensues. She has a stroke. He confronts Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne tells him the truth. He goes to the insane asylum to get the records and gets confirmed the truth. So, guys, this is where I turned with the movie and said, oh, this is brilliant. This is the way I took it. It's very common knowledge that what's really interesting about the Joker from a lot of comic book fans is that he doesn't have an origin. Or in The Killing Joke, he says if he had an origin, he preferred to be multiple choice. So did we really get an origin story for the Joker in this movie? Because when he's reading these articles and proved that, yes, his mom is crazy, yes, he was adopted, they don't know where he came from. Eric, I'll go with you first on this one. Do you share my same opinion that this stays true with the Joker character by him not actually having an origin. What do you think of that? I I go towards 
my my previous observation where as everything we are led to believe that his mother is crazy and making up accusations there are still tokens and mementos around there that are signed T. Wayne that would possibly lead you to believe that um, maybe it was something more or or maybe it was something else or maybe those were even just um, uh, to, uh, parts of uh, the deeper insanity of his mother. Do you know what I mean? Like those are just things that okay. she made or, or something like that too. But either way, there are unanswered questions that are left for the viewer to answer. I think that's great. If you want an official, official um, origin story, I don't think you need one at this point. This this movie basically just told you that the argument of nature versus nurture is is this is your result of what's happening here. It doesn't matter how uh, you were born. It, it, it matters how you were raised. And they gave you the origin of how Joker was raised, and that's that's where we're at. So no, I don't. He could have been born in, in the fucking woods underneath the waterfall, Jordan. I don't care if if that's where he came from under the full moon uh, on on the 13th of October or some shit like that. I don't I don't care. I it matters that he was chained to a furnace, and his mother thought that he was a happy boy. Ryan, do you have a brother on this one? Well, no, I think it's I think it's an interesting decision to make because you talk about like when they when they first announced they were going to make a Joker origin movie, everyone was all up in arms because again, he doesn't he doesn't need the origin. We don't really need to know where he came from. We just need to know he's a psychotic person who just wants to sow chaos and destruction. Um, I I do think that they're the choice they made. Uh, the, the choices they make throughout the movie where they give you something and then pull it away from you, give you another thing and pull it away from you um, really plays into the whole lost soul aspect. And it really g- it gives a, a, a stronger sense of, of, um, of Arthur when he galvanizes himself, when he decides to turn that corner and he dons the makeup and says, can you introduce me as Joker? Uh, Valid point. It makes, it make it makes that, decision on his end more cathartic and we feel his his stance and his emotion of it even though he 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 kind of lacks emotion about it at the end he's sort of aloof uh with it i think it 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 makes it more impactful well okay so now we're getting to the to pretty much the end of the movie here and uh we find out everything is unfolding okay we find out yes his mom is crazy so he goes to the hospital and kills his mother i was i was i was shocked because i was invested into the movie at that point so I was like, okay, well, I saw this coming, you know, at that point in time. But I'm like, I was still like, oh, my God, he's killing his mom. And then he, uh, then we find out uh, that his girlfriend is not actually his girlfriend. He he breaks into her apartment. She puts her kid to bed, and she comes out, and she's like, uh, who are, are you the guy from next door? Like, what the fuck? Like, she's terrified of him. So everything that we saw was completely a lie. So before we get into the end of the movie, Eric, what'd you feel about that? Did you think that that was really good or do you think it was bad uh, that 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 Arthur Fleck has pretty much dreamt or put her into his life? Do you I, think this was necessary? I mean, yeah, that 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 is your Fight Club moment right there is mm. where you you or he, our main character I think is coming to terms with his very bad day, his no good, very rotten 
bad day with, with such a loose book, you know, uh, with his very bad day uh, that at the end that also his his love life is fabricated just as much as everything else. It's just as fake as his threat of his life. And wow. uh, that's what it was. I, I, that's what his, I believe his transformation was, right? that he realized that anything that he, that the world wanted him to be was fake. And, and he tried to make it fake just to go along with it, whether it be the job, the girlfriend, uh, his comedy, like, you know what I mean? Um, and then when he started to, to be chaotic, where he's just like, all right, well, I'll be with the world, what I want to be and what the world thinks is bad instead. And it, when it starts working for him, that's when you start seeing it just because it, it's a slow roll. That's what the, I think the beauty of this movie is, is that when he starts giving the other life a try and seeing how it works for him, how it's slowly just, just he's becoming more and more liberated by it. It is, it's just so well done the way that they, that they do it. So yeah, for him to realize that I think is a, it's a key part of the movie just as, as he realized that um, that guy is not his friend, you know, Um, also dark, dark comedy role, big laugh in the theater when after he uh, the one clown was killed and then the the little clown tried to uh, get tried to leave. Yeah, that was a big laugh in my theater. Big actually, that's only yeah. that's only emotion anybody said. So before we get into the climax here, Ryan, do you have anything you want to add about the girlfriend thing? Not really. I think I'm. I I didn't much care for the the love the relationship angle uh, storyline and the big reveal. I. I didn't see as absolutely necessary. I feel like it, it, it didn't have to be that. Uh, it didn't have to be a romance storyline to get that point uh, across. Um, but, you know, it, they did it, and it's it's whatever. See, I really liked it just because what I've known so far up to this point, before we get into our climax, is that this is the Joker. And from what we've seen so far, he's in, I think, every single scene in the movie up to this point. I think it's just an untrustworthy, unreliable narrator, right? So we don't know really what to believe. I mean, like, did the fat clown actually give him a gun? Or did he just imagine that? There's so many questions, you know, about what is actually happening because I believe he's so unreliable. So we get to the ending part, you know, where he kills the fat clown because he made fun of him. And, and of course, the... I'm trying to be politically correct. Um, The talk show. Okay. Oh, you, oh, you so, want to see the little uh, person? The dwarf. Is, is that it? I don't know if it was dwarf or little person. I'm I'm not trying to be a dick. I just didn't know. It doesn't matter. So, anyway, so uh, after that, which is a very violent scene, he, he kills the fat clown and everything. He, he dons the Joker makeup, and then he starts to go down the steps. The steps, every single time he goes up, he's uh, his head is down. It's dark. It's gloomy. Now it's bright. It's sunny. He's dancing to... One of the greatest songs on a Jock Jam CD from 1997. Where did this song come out of? Yeah. Like, that was fun. It, because you, as soon as he started dancing, I was excited. I was excited. Yeah, you got to see something different. I, the, the transformation, right? I didn't know that song came out in 81 or in the 80s. I thought it was like a 90s song. It, or is it that... Either way, it, it, it's supposed to, to show the attitude, the transformation, and, and it, it sure did. Okay, so before we talk about everything else, I got to ask Ryan, I'm, I'm just asking you because so many people on the internet um, have done this already. Uh, Nicholson, Ledger, you know, Phoenix, who's the best Joker, all that bullshit that I knew was going to happen. 
Leto. Ryan, Eric, I'm asking the same question. Ryan, what do you feel about the Joker makeup and the dress when he's in the full dress, full makeup, going down the stairs, comparing to these other ones? How do you feel about this? How do you feel the way he looks? I don't know. It's hard to quantify that comparison because they're all, I don't know, they all seemingly inhabit different worlds, different styles. They're from different people, different filmmakers that have different perspectives on what they want to get across. I think personally, I, I, I think this is probably the most attractive, not in like a, a sexual sense, but like the most attractive imagery we get with the Joker that I've seen. Cause it's not comical. It's taken very seriously. It's a very real world aesthetic that they go with. But I think, you know, for as kind of stupid and and shitty as he looks in uh, Suicide Squad, I think that Joker fits the tone and perspective of that movie perfectly as well. So I don't know. It's hard to quantify, but I do think just like if we were to compare images side by side with no context, I do think this is probably the best looking. Joker. That's what I was going for. It's like, the, what do you think overall of the look? So you think this is the best looking over the other ones we've had if you had to choose? Well, if you didn't do context, yeah. Eric, what about you? Uh, this is probably the mo- After watching this movie, the most difficult question I think you could ask is to rate the Jokers because there's like several now. Isn't looking this up. And yeah. it, it, it's tough to say it. I, I feel that like Ledger's Joker is good because it's you get to see a very like in character chaotic kind of Joker, like a seasoned Joker almost. Um, but I, dude, this one was really good. Like this was like a tormented like the origin Joker. This this one worked really well, guys. I didn't like Leto's yeah. at all, and that's not his fault. I I really do believe it's not him at all. I believe that's WB. Um, that was the fault for that one, or whoever was the creative part in that. I, I, I'm i disappointed. Um, but I'll, I don't think that was Leto's fault. Um, I like a lot of the other ones, but this one was just... it. it I, I'm just happy, man. Joaquin Phoenix did a fantastic job. I, I actually feel bad and sympathize with Joker after watching this. Right, because I, I really love the makeup. I love the green hair. The, the makeup was simple. Um... I also love Ledger's performance because one of the interviews that was always famous about Ledger was his hands always had the Joker's makeup on his hands because he'd say that he would put his own makeup on. Uh, they did that also in this movie too, and I thought that was interesting. And I just really liked the whole getup. So we get into the climax, and the Joker is the master of assumption. And that's what happens with this because he runs away from the cops who know definitely at this point in time that he's the one that killed the three guys. And he just so happens to run into the train full of other people that are protesting that are clowns against the 1%. And he goes to the Murray show and he has in his head, hey, Murray, I'm going to tell you a joke. Knock, knock. And Murray says, who's there? And he's going to off himself on the show. But something happens. He's smoking a cigarette in the back. And something snaps to where he's not going to do that. He goes on the Murray show and he confesses that he's the one that killed the three guys. And he fucking has no interest in the political gain at all. And at the end of it, he shoots and kills Murray. I'm sure all three of us had this, figured this out. This was going to happen. Eric, what do you think of this climax of him on the Murray show? What do you think of this, Eric? Beautiful, dude. Like, that that was so cool. 
that was just so fucking cool. That was just badass after when he when that happened too. And then because of it too, like having there be a riot that ensued because of it too. It just it everything just made sense. It was almost like you know what I mean? Like you know how like the end of Rogue One when you were just watching the dominoes just kind of fall and right. how they all fall kind of in order. That's kind of how I felt this at the end of the movie that this was is that like the chaos was starting to go and in because of that action because of his actions it is it spiraled into what i know now to be the world of god right. you know like that's just it, it just that's what it, it's probably the best way i can put it is that, that that was the way the rogue one went into episode four is how this movie ended right I, eric i don't know if i blinked when he was talking he was perfect. I was hook, line, and sinker when he was talking to Robert De Niro like I was hook, line, and sinker when Ledger was talking to Christian Bale in the, in the police interrogation scene. He got me on this scene. Eric, I mean, Brian, what do you think of this? Did you like the Murray speech here? So this is going to be a point of contention, I think, going forward um, because one of the things that's going to that's gonna stop me from giving it a high mark uh, at the end of the review is the sort of the politics and some of the messaging behind the movie. And I think I love the scene. I love the buildup. I love the, 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 the escalation that happens during the conversation, during the interview um, with Robert De Niro's character. And I think the punchline to the joke right before he shoots him is fucking hysterical um, where he says, uh, what do you get? Like he's, he's also screaming this. Um, he says, what do you get when you uh, cross a, what does he say, a, uh, a psychotic person with a society who forgets about him and treats him like trash, exactly what you deserve, and then he shoots Robert De Niro in the head or in the face. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Um, but I don't know. I, the, I don't know. For me, the speech, the words written and the words spoken are wonderful. They are wonderful. Uh, but the message behind it sounds it comes across to me as the director preaching to the audience. Oh bullshit, really? Uh, yeah, that's that that's how it came across to me. I don't take that at all. I don't think the director has any voice in this part. I think the director is just letting Joaquin Phoenix do what Joaquin Phoenix does. And I think that Joaquin Phoenix was speaking through the Joker's mind. Bullshit. Come on, Ryan. Really? You think this is this is you, you really think this is Todd Phillips artistic douchebaggery? Really? I'd, I'm not saying douchebaggery. I'm saying being preachy. There's a difference being twi- be, between being a douchebag and being preachy. South Park is mm-hmm. modern day South Park. Recent South Park is very preachy, but still. I can understand fun. where you're coming like, from, though. I, I, I really do. I can understand that. I really can. I get that, especially with everything that's going on right now. But I, I'm choosing to, to side with it just being the movie instead, rather than it being a message. But that's that's personal. Okay, well, all right. So we get the end of the movie here. Joker gets arrested. Um, he is laughing in the in the car, and then all of a sudden we have a big riot going on in New York or Gotham, and then a, and then of course an ambulance comes in, slams the police car. He escapes. Uh, he's saved by the other clowns, and he gets on top of the car, does his waltz again, and he takes the blood from his mouth and makes the smile. That right there's your poster. That's your money shot. That is good. I loved that scene. If I wasn't in rural America, I would have stood up and clapped and be like, this is great, this is great, this is great. Uh, 
So a shocking scene, though, to me, and Eric, I'm going to ask you first, is we get, again, for the billionth time, the execution of the Wayne parents necessary for this movie? Eric, I'm going to ask you first. No, not really, but I don't know. Maybe it was just to show you that it, it did happen and that it is canon and that it wasn't him that did it. Or maybe it was because of his actions that that it happened. Yeah, it's not entirely necessary, but it's there. It's there now, you know. We get to yet again see another Tom and Martha Wayne death. It's just another eye roll. Yeah, so, no, I mean, like... I'm happy yeah. at least they, they, they kept it with, within two minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, if there's anything longer over, it was the whole third act, that would have been stupid. But when they walked out of the theater, when she had the uh, the, the pearls around her neck, I was like, okay, he's going to get executed. Ryan, you brought it to the beginning of the show here. Close it out on this one, buddy. You did not like this, did you? Which, like, the ending? Well, the ending of the Waynes being murdered. Oh, the yeah. ending. Well, no, I, I think I think if they would have ended with him dancing on the hood of the taxi cab, I think it would have been uh, a good ending. I think it's unnecessary to have the Wayne's death um, to connect the Joker to Batman's origin because he's already if he's already connected in Joker's mind because Joker believes he's Thomas Wayne's son, so there's already a connection there. Um, and I think the only reason they they have this in there is because they also wanted to have the end part where he's laughing. And she says, "What you know? What's so funny?" And he says, "Oh, you wouldn't get it." I was just thinking about a joke. Oh, what's the joke? Oh, you wouldn't get it. And the joke is, it's ironic because now him and uh, Bruce are both orphans. They both don't have their parents, um, and that's the joke. Um, but again, I don't think that where he's walking down the hall and he's running from the the handler in the facility is necessary. No, yeah, the um, movie definitely like, should end. I don't. It. You're right. Yeah, I don't think showing us the Waynes getting their comeuppance um, because I don't feel like it's really earned uh, that it has to be like we have to see this like they have to die now it just I feel like I said earlier it feels like this is one of the things that they just had a check box so they had to they had a box they had to check off it was probably I don't say studio mandated because it they got a lot of freedom on this movie more than more than I would have uh, uh, thought that they would have been given um, but yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't like. I it. agree. I mean, like it was, it was cool to see, but in in hindsight, it was like, eh, what's what's the point? So let's get into our popcorn rating here for Joker. We've gone on long enough here. Eric, let's go with you first, buddy. What is your popcorn rating for Joker? Uh, listen, short and sweet. This is this is uh, whatever the top one is. Full bag with all the fixings. Um, large bag, huh? This is yeah, large bag. This is fantastic. Can't wait to see it again. Um, I thought Joaquin nailed it. I think he did a fantastic job. Development uh, from start to finish. I hope to see more. Good job, DC. Good job, everyone. Full back. Ryan, what's your popcorn rating for Joker? All right. I hope it doesn't start uh, a large conversation. I feel like we've already had one. I'm going to give it a medium bag. Uh, Good movie. Great in parts. Joaquin Phoenix, uh, by far, this is this is probably the best performance I've seen all year that I can remember having seen. Um, the some of the issues I, I run in with I run into is um, the beginning is is very slow for me. Um, I, I I wasn't terribly interested 
until like what 40 minutes into the two hour movie um there are some parts that don't work in the long run there are some some bits that are really great uh the end like the from i think from the moment he kills his mom i think all the way until the end uh it's uh as or uh, until he gets rescued and he's dancing on the car um i absolutely love the movie one of the major issue i have with the movie is like i said earlier it's messaging i think that it's kind of uh i don't want to say wrong but i don't know it makes me personally feel uncomfortable and you guys might disagree um it's subjective um i think it's kind of wrong to kind of hero worship a character like joker um like because he's an outsider somebody who's been kicked down by society and what he does is he just his response is to kill people and cause chaos and there are a lot of moments a lot of shots in the movie and a lot of things that on the surface just looking at the shot looking at the video without context looks fucking badass like there's a shot where he's um walking away from the cops being murdered or being not murdered being attempted murdered on the train after they're chasing him where he like he's just walking down this causeway or this corridor and just how he's lit and how like the low angle he looks like you know he's i know, you, I know exactly like what you're talking about i know exactly what you're talking about yeah and like i don't know i take issue with that because like you have like as we've spoken before the politics how things are, are, are taken from today but eric you i didn't even think about it you put it into good context about how we are seeing through this background noise the formation of the gotham that is eventually going to birth the batman um i don't know i just feel like they're trying to say a lot with but taking the wrong course to it and that's that is the main reason it, it does not rate higher in my eyes all right, well, I give myself, uh, this, this, this popcorn rating for me is definitely a large bag. This is probably maybe the best film I've seen this year. Uh, this is great all the way across the board. Walking Phoenix is absolutely amazing. Um, you can't compare Ledger's performance and Walking Phoenix's performance because they're two different versions of the Joker. Uh, but everybody will agree that Ledger's performance in Dark Knight was amazing. And I'm also going to say the same thing for Joaquin Phoenix. Like, this is amazing. Uh, he did a great job with the Joker. He did a great job with the laugh. He did a great job overall with finding this character. And I was hook, line, and sinker. I just knew deep down that I would love this movie. This is my kind of movie. Uh, this is definitely our generation's taxi driver. Like, mm -hmm. this is fucking brilliant. This is a good movie. Yeah, and I agree. And you need to see this movie if you haven't already. Great fucking movie. But we here at Movie Guys Podcast wanted to say thank you to everybody for downloading this most recent episode here at Movie Guys Podcast. You can check us out at movieguyspodcast.podme.com, on iTunes, on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, and now on Stitcher as well. Just search for Movie Guys Podcast. And make sure to check us out on our brand new podcast network, EMC. You can Google EMC. You can find them on Twitter, and we're part of that podcast network. So, Eric and Ryan, thank you so much for joining me for this most recent episode. And we'll be back next week. I can't believe we're going to review this. I'm kind of torn about it. But next week, we're coming back with you guys with Gemini Man. 
modern day Will Smith versus young Fresh Prince of Bel Air Will Smith. We'll see what happens. So thank you so much, fans. Eric and Ryan, thank you. And we'll be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night. Are you haunted by shadow people in the middle of the night? Do you secretly love all things creepy and spooky, enjoying ghost stories and horror fiction from the best storytellers? Do you have a true ghost experience you want to share, but no one will believe you? If yes, listen to The Professionals on What Are You Afraid of? Horror Paranormal Show Friday nights at 9pm on ParaX Radio and at www.whatareyouafraidofpodcast.com What are you afraid of on ParaX? Our creepy and demented hosts are on call to provide you with all your spooky needs with true ghost stories, interviews, indie music, and new horror fiction. We are ready to scare you. Para X. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.